Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am Cornholio, and tonight we are live for episode 112. We're here with an amazing Guardian on the show. Average Maddie is unlike any ordinary Guardian, so don't let his name fool you. Not only <laughs> is he an amazing Destiny 2 content creator on YouTube and Twitch, he is the creator and founder of Ace, an amazing Destiny 2 fan-made 3D mini action series released earlier this year that has been enjoyed by over 82,000 Guardians, and it took over one year and $60,000 to develop. We're going to learn much more about this amazing project and everything that we learned this week from Bungie about all things Destiny 2. Season of Defiance is underway. Tonight on the Destiny Show, we'll discuss Ace, the latest news from Bungie, the raid weekend fallout from the Root of Nightmares raid. We have a new dungeon farming method that Shadow Price uncovered. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Iron Banner and so much more. But first, we're going to welcome our guest and invite him for our discussion with the Guardians. So I hope you are ready. Oh, I'm ready. All right. And the first question <laughs> we have for you is, what does Destiny 2 mean for you as a Guardian? That's a really tough question. I would, I would kind of answer that in the sense of um, Destiny as a whole um, has been a big part of my life. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played, you know, if you guys were uh, playing Destiny 1 during the beta, but um, that was probably one of the most exciting times uh, waiting at midnight for, you know, the release of Destiny. I think it was, I think the beta was a midnight release and the memories I had in D1 and when Destiny 2 came out, you know, the, the, the times and the memories in Destiny 2 and um, Destiny helped me build an amazing community on, on Twitch and YouTube. So I, Destiny 2 means a lot to me. Destiny as a whole means a lot to me. And it's really awesome how Destiny as a video game empowered you with this whole platform where you can become a content creator. And you mentioned before the show that you started out as an actor. Yeah, so when I was, um, I think I was 16 when I started acting, uh, when I lived in San Diego, and I moved to LA when I was 21. Uh, just because, you know, auditions were here all the time and, and years went by and, you know, I, I was doing the, the classic working at a restaurant as a waiter and, and waiting for auditions. Um, and eventually it got to the point where it was like right before the pandemic. It was like the, the December, January before the pandemic where, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I made some extra money this month. Uh, I've never really streamed. I haven't had a PC, you know, but I'd love to give it a try. So. I started kind of getting some parts together and, you know, pandemic hit and I was like, you know what, we might be out of work for a month or two. I thought maybe it was like a month or two kind of thing. Uh, we'll see how this does. And we started streaming Destiny and um, we very quickly kind of grew a community and um, pandemic just <laughs> kept going on for like two years. And we kind of used that opportunity to to just absolutely put all of our time into streaming. <laughs> that's really cool so yeah. when did you 
start streaming officially? It was May of 2020. I, I dabbled, you know, I, I would go live for like an hour or two every month from like January to May to like learn how to use OBS and to watch a lot of Harris Heller videos on how to stream and how to interact with chat and how to edit and premiere to do your clips. And it got to the point where like May of 2020, I went, you know what? Let's make a schedule. We're streaming four days a week. Uh, we're streaming these days every day. And, um, you know, what content am I doing? And like May is when I officially kind of was like, we're, we're going to try this. We're going to give it a good go. And I know that in your Twitter profile, it states that you are a full-time content creator. So I'm I curious, when did you go full-time? When did that point happen for you in your journey? Um, you know, I was actually really lucky because um, when I was at the restaurant, right, when, when the pandemic happened and I got... Um, for, it's it's called getting furloughed, right? When you when you have a job and the pandemic hit and and whatever it was, um, I was getting like unemployment for the times that we weren't at work. So for that entire time, you know, it was I was relying on like you know obviously the checks from unemployment, whatever it was, and I think that like that stopped after nine months, and it was like nine months into stream where I really wasn't making a lot of money. I mean, like realistically, when you start streaming, if you're lucky enough um within like the like at the end of your first year i think i was making something like oh man maybe a thousand dollars a month right like definitely not enough to to live off of <laughs> so so i think i think for six months after that i was um this is gonna sound so weird i i used to play a lot of paintball <laughs> and i used to i used to flip paintball guns so I kind of like went back to doing that on the side while I was trying to, you know, stream. And I think it took a solid year and a half of streaming um, before I started making enough money to pay my rent and pay my bills. Which, again, I think a lot of luck kind of goes into that. But, you know, it's still pretty tight. <laughs> That's really, really cool. And now... Would you say you're at a point now in your journey where content creation can be a sustainable thing for you to do? Um, you know, that's such a complicated thing, especially right now. Um I I would say that I'm very lucky with with how much I make on on Twitch. Uh I have I have a very, very supportive community that that have been there for me um for a while now. And just recently, I kind of switched up my content in the last three weeks. We've, uh, I have this dream of, of, you know, doing variety content and doing fun things with chat and, 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 you know, playing different games with other content creators and, and doing this thing. And we're kind of in this transitional phase right now, which, you know, very obviously could change my income drastically. You know, I, I could be, I could be, you know, in a place where for six months, maybe I'm not, you know, technically making a living, uh, streaming on Twitch. So, Right now we are, but you just don't know, especially with a change. But I think we'll be okay. Well, we wish you the best of luck with all of that. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your really awesome project that you launched earlier this year, I think back in January. Sure. And 
at first I didn't realize that it took so many people to actually put something like this together. But when the credits kept rolling, I was like, holy crap, like there's a lot of people that put effort into this. And oh yeah. As I kept rewatching it, I appreciated the complexity of it and, and like everything that you put together. So tell us a little bit more about Ace and what it is and how that all started out as a project. Uh man, it was crazy. Um, you know, like I said before, it it started from a short 10-page script to which changed so many times to uh calling these motion capture studios and you know, as embarrassing as it is because because it was embarrassing to kind of call them and and you know, ask these questions or like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just a guy that makes content on Twitch and YouTube. I'm just trying to do this like fun project. It's like fan-made project." And they're like, aha uh-huh. and they're like what's your budget and i was like i'd rather not tell you because i think i would embarrass myself if i'm way off right because if i said like my budget's 8k and overall like one day at the studio was like close to thirty they're gonna you know it's they're not gonna laugh at you but it's definitely like a, oh okay well you're obviously you have no clue what you're doing so it just kind of took some time with calls and meetings and and setting up you know a company and and getting all that started. And then of course, finding the right team, you know, we were really lucky to have Ninkin as an animator and Jesse as, as a composer for the music. She's absolutely wonderful to do to, to work with. And, you know, Strasner who, who mastered our sound like literally in the last three days before we released the project. Um, we had our main team and then we worked with three separate studios, which was complicated in its own. And, um, it was time, you know, it was meeting with my lawyers. I had, I had, I had to like consult with my, I have like this legal team. <laughs> I had to consult with them because we were trying for a year to get a hold of Bungie to ask them if it's okay to make this fan-made project. Um, you know, because obviously they, they like to do movie of the week and they like to kind of do this support. Um, but it's it's hard to kind of, you know, go, we're trying to make a very large fan-made project. And we're trying to work with animation and, and studios. Are we stepping on toes? Like, are we going to release this and then we're going to get, you know, shut down or are we going to get sued or, you know, so man, there's a lot of stress. <laughs> there was a lot imagine. of stress. <laughs> so let's backtrack. So were you sure. actually able to get Bungie involved in this or like, are they no. in any way involved? No, Did no, it's it, for movie I, of the week. No, I kind of hate to say this, but we <laughs> have not heard anything from them. Like not a single person. I guess I'm kind of salty about it, you know, if I'm honest, but not a single person from Bungie reached out and said like, Hey, like we loved this. They're like, Hey, this was so cool. Like, thanks for doing this. Right. Like they just gave us movie of the week and they gave us emblems and then they moved on. <laughs> like, <laughs> It kind of, you know, it sounds weird to say this, you know, it's a little embarrassing to say, but it stung a little bit. Um, we never got a, we never got a word from them even after we dropped the project. So I <laughs> just kind of held my head down low and just kind of moved on, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking that part of it has to do with Bungie and where their priorities are right now. Um, I'm sure, you know, it could have been a legal thing or if they said anything, they're, you know whatever it might have been but 
I have I have a few people from Bungie that follow me, and I thought one of them would like reach out and be like, "Hey, this was really cool," <laughs> like you know, like. But it just kind of sucked that it didn't. You know, I had I had someone um, win a movie of the week. I think it was like two weeks later. Uh, it was this guy that did. Um, he got like all of their trailers, and he made like his own trailer, which was so cool to see. It was really cool. It was so, so hype. I'm sure it took him so long. And he came in at my chat and he was like, hey, man, I just want to say you were inspiring. You know, you inspired me. And I love what you did with Ace. And I, I recently won Movie of the Week because I did this trailer thing. And I can't believe it. Joe Blackburn retweeted it. And he said that he loved it. <laughs> I was like, must be nice. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy for you, but you're banned now. You know, you're banned. You're banned. Someone banned that guy. It's like getting in to a group when you've been grinding out for that raid exotic and you get in with somebody who does it for the first time and they get their exotic and it's like uh yeah you just blame you just ban that guy you never me, play with him again me, I'm, I'm happy for them personally i get you know i'm i'm happy when somebody gets their completion done and it's so memorable because not only did you get it done but you also got the exotic that everybody else is chasing everybody is salty about so you know. yeah yeah i mean listen man you're nice i whisper in my breath i'm like you bastard <laughs> never well, inviting you to my birthday ever again so how much money did it actually take to put something like this together so we said publicly that it was a sixty thousand dollar project just to make it like a simple rounded number I think I think realistically it was closer to um 65 or 68 or 69 um just because we we technically raised uh between 50 50 to 52,000. um and then I put in personally somewhere around $15,000 of my own money. So That's insane. Dude, trust me. I was like <laughs> I was just like cuz the issue this is where the issue stemmed from and I guess I guess this was this was like the ballsiest thing that we could have done. And in hindsight, I guess we pulled it off. But at the same time, like I'm probably never recouping that money back ever again. What we did was we had like a handful of meetings before we went to the studio. We know we knew the studio was going to cost somewhere around $27,000. And I was like, okay, like if we can raise 30,000, we can do this project. Like I'm sure I can find an animator, do this for like $3,000, right? Because I didn't realize there was so much that was going to go into this other than just getting the animation captured. I thought the animation is going to be captured and then some animator is going to do this really easily and, and it's going to be great. But the reality of it was, was that there was just so much more. So I had a few meetings and what I told people was, tell me, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the project. I went through the script. Here's our plan. Here's our tiers. We did like a private Kickstarter where there was like $100. Five hundred dollars, thousand dollars, twenty five hundred, and then five thousand dollars, and like each tier had its own like you know perks and whatever it might have been. And I was like, whatever you tell me in this call, um, you know, I'll take it for face value. I'll you know if, if someone said like, hey, I want to give you a thousand dollars, I'll say, hey, that's great, but like tell me tomorrow when you're not so excited because you know obviously telling someone a product like this, people get very amped up, and they'll tell you a number that may not be possible for them. So I say, whatever you let me know, whatever you tell me, I'll lock you in for. And if you need to make payments, you can. You know, you'll have until November 1st to make all your payments. And I'll front the money for you. 
because realistically it's like if someone's like hey i went in for 2500 but i need to make payments over the next five months we couldn't technically wait five months to collect that money to then go to the studio to then wait another three months to then get the animators to work on this for six months right we had to go to the studio right away it was like the first thing we had to do so once we had like twenty three thousand dollars pledged i just fronted the money for the studio I just, you know, wired them like 90% of my savings, <laughs> like immediately. And I was like, we'll be fine, you know? And we went to the studio and um, we got, we got what we needed done. And then afterwards, you know, we needed to get our hair done and that costed somewhere like $2,000 and we needed to get a head model made. And that was, that was actually not that expensive. Talk about um, an expensive hair day. <laughs> dude, it was, yeah, because each oh. strand was put on individually, right? Oh, um yeah. And then we had to hire a studio to do something called blend shaping, where they get all of our face scans and they put it onto just one model. So when your face moves a certain way, it looks natural. So that was, I think like, I think we spent like $4,000 or $5,000. So instead of waiting for more meetings and waiting, you know, for people to pay us, I just started fronting money right away to get our immediate things done. And then we started paying ourselves back as people were fulfilling those pledges. The caveat to that is that there was quite a few people that either completely ghosted like didn't pay at all or they made like half of their payments and then they just fucking disappeared <laughs> like and like without a word right and i'm like oh no i'm like damn a lot of these people that we talked to they they you know they locked it in i let them know hey man like you know don't feel like you need to say a high number or anything but whatever you tell me i have to i have to front the money because we have to do a lot of stuff now but I'm trusting you to to be honest with whatever you can pledge. And then, of course, you get these perks that you'll get, whatever it is. So I learned a lot of valuable lessons. I learned, <laughs> I learned that we can, you can definitely get screwed over by people you know. Um, and to, you know, be careful when putting your own money into something like this. Because it was good, but, you know, very, very high risk. I think that's uh, very brave for you to... <laughs> put so much effort and not only effort but your livelihood your own money into a project that you believe in right yeah and you know, did, did yeah. you ever have a plan to like recoup that or did you know or or have any um well i mean like it it just depended on how many meetings we got done because it's like we at a certain point we almost had more meetings. We almost had more pledges than we needed. And I was like, oh man, like maybe I'll be able to actually pay myself like five grand. <laughs> you know, like if we had like five grand of excess money, I might've been able to like pay myself technically for like a year's worth of work on this project, right? Um, that was kind of the idea. It was either, hey, we get like more backers than we needed or the YouTube video pops off and that could give us back a few thousand dollars and that could be a way to pay us back. Because like the initial idea wasn't to spend so much money out of my own pocket. It was just things came up and we had no choice but to do it, right? Because like if we needed to get something done, it wasn't like, oh no, like now the product's going to look bad. It was, no, we have to do this, so to speak. Um, and it's funny enough, actually, this last August, um, you know, things slowed down in Destiny. You know what I mean? Like income on Twitch slowed down. And it got to a point where actually, if I didn't do well on Twitch that next month, I couldn't pay my rent. <laughs> like, I did not have any like money in the savings. I had, you know, not a lot of income coming in. And we were like three months from releasing this project. 
Um, and thankfully, actually, I, you know, I, I did pretty well the next three, four months after that. And that kind of saved my ass, but you know, it was like, it got close. It got close. Oh, that's really, really, um, cool <laughs> to share all of this. And I think it's really brave for you to, you know, put yourself out like this. Um, I appreciate did you that. ever recoup that money? No. So, <laughs> so, um, like right now, I think there's like two or three more backers that are finishing their payments and like, they'll probably finish in like the next, we're in March, probably the next month and a half, two months. Right. Like still. Right. Um, and I think after all is said and done, we just sent out all the merch to some of the backers that had that tier. And I think like we're sending out like two more katanas because there's like a katana tier. We have like a custom made katana. It was like a really cool thing. So I think after all is said and done, we might have like, I don't know, like $2,000 <laughs> left over. So like out of the 15, maybe I can, you know, 15 minus two, you know, we'll have $13,000 kind of indebted, but it's just the name of the game. I think, you know what I mean? It's just, it was kind of my risk to take. Um, and it's kind of, listen, you know, when it comes to content creation, you have to do risky things that no one else wants to do. Right. Like if I, I told other people, Hey, like I'm doing this project, like I'm working on another project right now. And I told some people they're like, that's, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. Right. And it's like, but if no one else is doing this and no one else wants to take risks and no one else wants to put in a high amount of effort for, for, for projects or for content, that's more than likely what's going to separate you from everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So it was oh, a gamble. <laughs> it was a gamble that paid off in certain aspects, but you know, obviously financially it was a hit. Yeah, no, totally. You know? And going back to the process, I know it took about a year to complete one episode. And I'm yeah. curious, like, what was the process like to put something like this together? Like each section, it was January to, I would say, March was finalizing the scripts and getting a storyboard made. Um, in March, we were meeting with the, um, the motion capture studio and we were, we were doing like zoom meetings and they were kind of telling us what we need to do, what we don't need to do, what we need, uh, and getting all of our eggs in a basket. Um, we planned, I think in March for end of April to go to the studio, which was very exciting. So I met with, um, a stunt choreography team. I have these two best friends that I grew up with since elementary school, and they've actually come up to LA to be stunt guys. And one of them actually worked on like some Marvel stuff. So the first thing I did was like, I called him like, Hey guys, like I have like some like action sequences. Like, can you guys help me out? Whatever it is. So from like March to like mid April, we were working on like all the stunt stuff and the action sequences and the rolls and the spins. Um, and then we locked in the dates, April, end of April, we were at the studio. Uh, it was just a one day shoot. And then it took us like two months to actually get the footage back. So in those two months, it was talking with the team. It was planning dates. It was kind of getting a, a solid understanding of, hey, this is what we expect for these deadlines. We were initially supposed to release the project December 14th. Um, but like we had so many road bumps. <laughs> like there was, you know, animation issues and there was, you know, we had to figure out how to do X, Y, and Z and there was just a lot of stuff that we didn't know beforehand. Cause it's obviously like a first project as far as like animation goes. And, and man, we hit so many, so many snags. So 
we started releasing um posters poster teasers uh every month i think starting in august and then i think it was i think it was in november or december we released the trailer like the the trailer that we had and that that only took us like i think 4 days that trailer you saw like with adam walking behind like you can't uh what was it what was the line it was like you can't change the cards you're dealt. It's all, it's how you play the hand or something like that. And like, yeah, we, yeah. that was the hardest thing to write. Cause I was like, how do we write something that has to do with cards and ACE, something cool that has like this kick-ass punchline, right? <laughs> Lucky for me, like, you know, losing was never in the cards for me. Right. So it was like, here's the lines. Here's what we want to do. Let's make it really cool. And then we just sent it. And then people loved the trailer, which was a really good feeling. And then we had to push back the release date, I think, once. And we almost had to push it back a second time because of rendering problems. We were initially going to render out in 4K, and then we had to do it in 2K. And then rendering in 2K was incredibly complicated because instead of a minute per frame, sometimes it was two minutes per frame, sometimes it was two and a half minutes per frame because uh, we were using render farms. And it was panicking every night for like three weeks before the project released. and then. We actually got the project done uh, probably four to five hours before it released on YouTube. So like, I think wow. at like four in the morning, five in the morning, we were in a call, like getting it done and uploaded. And then we were watching it like 50 times, making sure there wasn't like any small problems or like, <laughs> you know, like, well, is there any issues? Is there a problem? Is there like, you know, is there something that we need to re-render? Do we have time? Um, and then releasing and then trying to promote it as much as possible, you know? Um, something I think a lot of people don't know and something that I didn't really, I didn't really, um, talk about too much truthfully was we had an issue towards the tail end where we had to cut three minutes of the episode off. So the episode, instead of being a base of five minutes, it was supposed to be eight minutes. And then we were supposed to have like two, three minutes of credits. But last minute we had this big problem that would have pushed back the release by three months and cost us more money, which we didn't have anymore. And we had to kind of cut around it and make the episode really short and then just ship it, which kind of hurt our average watch time on it and kind of whatever it was. But it was, we made it work. <laughs> we made it work. That was basically like the, the whole year of, you know, to kind of put it shortly. That's pretty amazing. I find it really fascinating that like literally you guys were working on this project up until the very last minute. And yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, what was the last 24 hours before launch like? Were there any stories that really <laughs> stood out? Were there any challenges specifically that you had to overcome during that last window oh, of absolutely. time? <laughs> absolutely. It got very hectic and very stressful, right? We had a team of four. We had our animator who was rendering out, we had our composer, and then we had our master audio engineer. And everything was relying on the render to come out, right? We needed the final render visually um, to come out so that the composer could finalize any small tweaks, and then our audio engineer could put in any background noises, any crunching sounds, any gunshot sounds, how ghost sounds, how I sound. And 
because the render was taking so long and we had to re-render some things and during some of the last renders the timing was slightly off to what we had for a preview for our music like the tensions couldn't be higher <laughs> like tensions absolutely couldn't be higher um you know frustrations and 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 everyone was just so worried and scared um it was terrifying i would say like the feeling 24 hours was like absolute panic and fear and then we got it and it was uploading and we were worried about the about section and what do we put in there and how do we say things and how should we title it? So <laughs> I think I slept really, really hard uh, the following few days after like not sleeping well for a year, if that makes sense. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's such a cool uh, story and thank you for sharing that with our community here. Of course. And I'm curious, going back to you, um, tell me a little bit more about your journey as a content creator in Destiny. What motivated you to create content around this video game? So when I first started streaming, um, technically in January of 2020, like when I turned on the PC and I downloaded OBS and, you know, I used some of their free overlays and I was, <laughs> I was like getting everything set up. I didn't exactly know what to do, right? I didn't know what kind of streamer I wanted to be. Uh, I didn't know what to play. I didn't know if I was even going to be good at video games uh, on PC, you know, because there's so many, so many cracked out players. And um, I think the first game I played was Apex, funny enough. I, I dabbled in Apex as I was learning how to do OBS. And it was just a lot of me talking to myself and uploading very scuffed clips because I didn't know anything about recording or bit rates or, you know. And then I think the next month Valorant came out. I was like, oh, you know, Valorant, you know, I'll play some Valorant. I'll see if I'm, maybe I can just put in all my time and be good at Valorant. But it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't the game for me. And, and you know, I think I took some time and I was really thinking about it. I was looking through the directory and I was like, wait a second. Like I played, I played a whole lot of Destiny. Destiny 1, I played Destiny 2. I think, I think there was a time on Destiny 2 where I stopped playing it. And I want to say it was during the double primary meta. It was during like Trials of the Nine. I think I played on Xbox with a couple friends and it just didn't feel the same. And I think I stopped playing it on console. And then when I was on PC, I was like, you know what? Like maybe this will be great. So I downloaded the game and I was just, I got that feeling again of, of how gorgeous everything looked and, and the grind and the music. The music in Destiny is, I think, something that really hooks you in. I don't know what it is about the music. It just sucks you in, man. It's so pretty. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's play some Destiny. It's been a long time. I think there's a lot for us to do. And I think in the first month that we started playing Destiny, I think like we averaged like seven viewers. Like people were coming in and staying. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is pretty cool. Like, hey guys, you know, next month I think we were at like 12 or 14 or whatever it might have been. And then next month was like 15, 16. And I was like, oh my God, like we're growing, you know. Hey everyone, you know, like welcome back, welcome in. You know, I, I just played Elim on stream that's all i did i just played elim and i wasn't good enough for trials i was really bad in the beginning and um the community was just very very welcoming you know um beyond light comes out uh did not like stasis at all i don't know if you like stasis but i was not a fan i really did not have a good time so i was I not a big fan perfect <laughs> you know i guess we can relate there you know i think a lot of people listening could probably relate stasis was not an enjoyable time so I left 
uh, I left Destiny to pursue variety for a couple months and learned a whole lot. And eventually I was like, you know what? Let's give, let's give this another try. So I came back and if you remember during that time, there was also a cheater problem, like a pretty bad cheater problem in PVP. <laughs> They're not. So <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? We should, we should make a website um, called Average Aim. And we should do like a YouTube video pretending to be like, uh, you know, a crappy car salesman selling Destiny 2 cheats. But like yeah. the whole thing is aimed at like, the whole thing was, was going to be aimed at like insulting them while we're telling them like, you know, like, you piece of shit, right? Like, you know, just like one of those things like, um, I forget some of the lines, but we, we recorded something, you know, I reached out to, you know, now Shadow Destiny. Um, who at the time, you know, I reached out to, I was like, Hey, could you edit a video for me? If I filmed like behind this green screen and, and could we do like these, this funny things. And we ended up recording this really funny video and releasing it and releasing the website average aimed out pro. And I released that with my comeback to destiny and like people loved it so much. When we came back, we, we shot up to like 45, 50 viewers. Um, from there, I made friends with a lot of great content creators and um, we started growing pretty rapidly. And that's how, that's how we got partnered. You know, we got partnered, I think a few months after. And, um, I was super, super lucky on Twitch when I got partnered that the Twitch staff came in, Twitch staff came in, Coca-Cola came in. They were so sweet. It was definitely something I'll never forget. And, um, Coca-Cola offered to do a sponsored stream. So we were front page playing destiny. I think like a couple of weeks afterwards, um, <laughs> for like 12, 14 hours. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, that year in January was when I was like, okay, I'm a partner streamer now. I'm a professional. I have to do a big project. And that's where, you know, Ace was kind of born. <laughs> that's how like that, that year kind of came in of, we have to do this really big project. We have to, you know, solidify ourselves in a certain way. I love that. Yeah. It's really awesome that you were able to get, you know, companies on board to support you as a content creator, but also to really grow so quickly i mean it's it's yeah i mean it's it it was definitely it was definitely something that you know i like to say and i know my parents know this but i have like this obsessive personality so like if i do something like that's all i'm going to be doing until we see something successful coming out of it so it's like all i would do is like streaming or if i'm off stream i'm thinking about what to do on stream and what kind of youtube content we should be making and you know it's it's very much a full-time job mentally, even if it's not in the beginning, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And were there any lessons that you learned along the way as a content creator in Destiny? Um, I think as a content creator in general, uh, when you're a streamer, there's like a lot of things you learn. There's a lot of people, I think, especially in the beginning, I always try to tell people, when you're building your community, um, don't be afraid to ban people, you know, because you might be, you might be averaging, you know, whatever it might be, right? If you're at five viewers, 10 viewers, whatever it might be. And like, let's say you have like two or three weird people or toxic individuals. You're like, well, if I ban them, my viewership goes down. And it's so important to keep your community so like a tight ship and clean and, and just kind of loving with each other. Um, because there's going to be a lot of strange people online. <laughs> like. Uh, there's a lot of strange people online and, and a lot of the time it's, it's, it can be bad. So 
it's that and it's it's kind of making making relationships online you know with other content creators and networking i think is is just so important i think it's really interesting that you mentioned that because i dealt with something kind of similar um not too long ago where i had to make the decision to ban somebody from the community because there were some serious red flags that concerned me mm-hmm. and one person told me like just give him a chance right and my gut told me i really need to protect this community and i don't really feel safe having this person in the group and literally within like an hour after that like decision was made um somebody messaged me and I got some really disturbing information about that person that like really reassured my decision to protect the community. And that's something that I'm definitely learning as we grow and you come to deal with very unique, you know, um, circumstances that you otherwise would never even maybe have considered when it comes to communities and keeping everybody in a um, healthy and um, yeah. It's never, shape. it's never comfortable, you know. There was someone that was, uh, you know, an absolute truer in my chat. He was in there every day. He was there before stream started. He was there the whole entire stream for a year, and uh, or I think a little over a year. I think it was like for a year and some months. And um, some messages came to light that he wrote in other people's chats, and something that he tweeted out that was just so wildly inappropriate. Um, I had to ban him. And it was someone that I gave warnings to before for saying something out of pocket in stream, you know, because I know that sometimes people are young. Sometimes people are like, you know, you know, between the ages of like 14 to like 16, 17, whatever it is, like, you know, they're, they're, they're young. And sometimes they say things that are just kind of weird or out of pocket or something like that. And um, it's just one of those things that's like, you have to make that decision of like, if, if you have someone in, in your chat, right, or you get rated right? And then there's like a hundred people in there from somebody and you have one person in your chat that's saying super weird things, like super inappropriate things or making someone else feel super inappropriate. They're, they're literally like, you know, uh, <laughs> like a sprinkler in the middle of your barbecue, you know, that's, it's going to deter people away and they're not going to come back. So sometimes you have to be a little heavy handed and, and drop them down um, to keep your community, you know, super loving. I mean, I'm super proud of my community. People come in, they immediately welcome welcome them in you know they're funny they talk they chat um and they make everyone feel like they're they're part of like a family more so so it's 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 not easy to do in the beginning and i think obviously it takes a bit of luck um but it's so important you know it's so important to keep that keep that community nice absolutely and you know i i definitely resonate very strongly with um the importance of keeping a healthy community and to make it more of a family atmosphere. You know, that's something I've been really working on trying to build here as well. And it's something I've been really thinking about pretty regularly lately. Consecration's tough, man. I mean, listen, it's, it's, I'm in a spot now, you know, um, where and i'm sure we'll talk about this um but life all came out and um it wasn't it wasn't what i expected um so i kind of made this 
jump and kind of this decision to kind of go more towards variety content. Because uh, a lot of the streamers that I look up to do variety content, right? And every time I see them live, um, I just have this incredible, like, I don't want to say like envy feeling, but like, I'm just like, oh, wow, like they're, they're doing it, right? They're, they're, they're going live, they're, they're just chatting, whatever it might be. And then they're, they're, you know, doing whatever it is, whether they're playing the newest, hottest game or they're playing with other content creators that goes to YouTube and that content, in my opinion, is hilarious, right? I'm a big fan of Ludwig. I'm a big fan of, you know, Jerma and a couple other guys. And, and I recently went to the streamer awards. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, I did. We were, yes. Yes. And I, I actually wanted to ask you about that as well. Oh my goodness, man. I can't wait till next year. Cutie, Cutie did such a good job. So if you don't know, Cutie Cinderella is a streamer content creator. Uh, she, she did the, the streamer awards this year and last year. And she did such a crazy good job. But what was crazy was I was sitting here uh, in this, in this, um, it was at the, it was at the Wiltern in LA and I was sitting down and I saw like not too far from me was, you know, Ludwig and Hassan and, and Tens and Pokimane and uh, XQC and all these absolute goats were like right there and they were winning awards and they were showing montages of their, of their lifetime on Twitch and some of their best moments. And it was so crazy inspiring. I was like, my dream is to be here, right? My dream is to be down there with them looking at the awards, being nominated for something. Um, and not like in an insulting way at all, but I, I will never be able to do that in destiny because destiny content, as far as content creators go, it's more or less the same thing. It's trials help. It's GM help. Um, and when it comes to YouTube, it's weapon review videos, it's build videos, it's guides. And then it's like, hey, they bagged first. You know, it's that, it's that type of thing. So I was like, I think that I can make more creative content, especially with other content creators. And, and I have all these plans. And it's kind of like a restart. It's almost like I said this the other day. It's like, it's like I just started streaming. It's like this month, it feels like, hey, I just restarted streaming again. Like, hey, guys, my name is Average Maddie, right? Like, welcome into the channel, you know? Like, because obviously, you're going to see a difference in viewership and, and people that may not be interested in that type of content versus your Destiny content. So, like, I'm really excited for this year. I really am. I really, really am. Not to go off topic, I apologize. No, this is great. And I think this is actually a really great segue into... Mm this year in destiny 2 because we just had a major expansion release with lightfall and right. i'm sure we had a chance to play through some of the new content that we'll be getting um in the game including the legendary campaign the new raid uh with root of nightmares and i'm curious what do you both think about this new expansion that we just got last month um well you know uh i'm trying to think how to word this when when witch queen came out i think there was a lot of hype i think we read it, uh, i think we remember all the hype that came with witch queen and that was you know the the new area and the, and the raid and the weapon crafting i think was huge and exciting and man i actually really loved the first month of witch queen a lot it just it just felt like there was a lot of new stuff. And then as as the kind of year went through, I think a lot of people were kind of unhappy. There were some drive periods and, and whatever it might have been. 
um as we got to you know the hype for lightfall um i think i was i was a little bit more reserved and i think a lot of other content creators and maybe uh some other players were also a little bit more reserved on the hype that might be coming and um when we finally got lightfall i i would say that the most positive thing that i really loved was the legendary campaign felt really tough if you soloed the legendary campaign it actually was like a challenge and it felt like um it felt like you know playing halo with like some of the skulls on yes, or some of the hard yes halo absolutely yeah. and i keep saying this like halo's campaign was something that i absolutely loved i love playing through the master chief collection putting skulls on putting it on legendary putting it on hard whatever it might be because it was such a fun campaign it had such a great story and it was tough right <laughs> so when when they came out mm -hmm. with the lightfall campaign i had a blast I mauled it at the end. It was such a tough ending boss. Caliph's such a pain in the ass. But it was a lot of fun when I finally got it done. My problem was that afterwards, I had no idea what to do, right? It was, oh, just kind of, you know, cruise around Neomuna, uh, um, Neomina, the Neo planet. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and then after that, it's just do your pinnacles. It's go to the same strikes. You know, it's the same crucible maps, the same meta weapons that are out there. Um, and I kind of felt at a little bit of a loss, you know, and, and I'm not going to do any spoilers, obviously, uh, because I'm sure there's some people that, that hate spoilers and I'm with you there. But I found the leaks for what's coming next season. And I got like so upset, <laughs> you know, I just I got I got just so angry, man, because we, we don't have any new maps. Uh, we have an old map coming in about 80 days that we once had. Um, for Crucible, of, right? For Crucible, yeah. So for Crucible, we have Meltdown coming back. I think that's they announced that. And then we have one uh, original map that they're designing uh, that's coming in. Um, not this next season, but I think the season after. is. Are we in season 20? Or is that... Yeah, we're in season 20. So. Yeah, season yeah. 20. So season 21, uh, we get Meltdown. And then I think <laughs> season 22, we get the new map that they designed. So all year, we only get one new map. To put it simply, right? Because we already had Meltdown, but they took it away and they brought it back. Um, the amount of reskins or just unvaulted weapons that are coming back this season and next season is insane, right? The amount of original weapons that we're getting, I think, is very few. I think it's like two to three versus we're getting Astral Horizon back, we're getting an Iron Banner SMG, um, and a lot of the other weapons are reskins in the next season. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything, but just know we're getting a lot of older weapons that we once had. Um, any from D1? Uh, potentially? Not, not from D1, but there is a... I want to say this without spoiling anything. There is a shader that's coming from Destiny 1 <laughs> that I think people mm. will like. Um, but seeing okay. this, I got, I got a little bit upset, if I'm being honest, because I'm like, what the hell's going on, right? So I then saw shortly thereafter, I think it was Tokum. I think he was a sandbox engineer. Um, announced that he is he loved working on destiny 2 or in the destiny universe for the last 10 years but he is leaving destiny to work on another project at bungie and it kind of kind of reinforced a theory i had for the last year or so that they've been working on a new game for the last two years in my opinion since forsaken because forsaken you know i think a lot of people look back at with glossy eyes but i think after forsaken things in my opinion slowly started kind of i don't want to say going downhill because i don't want to be a negative nancy but in some ways um 
and i think they just announced today there's a new game <laughs> there's a new game that they've been working on um that's like a tarkov like style game that they've been they must have been working on for the last couple of years so i think i think what's going on is that they have a outline for what they want for destiny i think that lightfall and final shape um is one season that they're splitting into or, or one dlc that's that they're splitting into two yearly dlcs which is i think why we're seeing some unvaulted things coming back to kind of like fill in these these massive gaps um mm-hmm. to, to kind of give us something to play before their new ip drops so i think what the smart decision could have been was to drop final shape and in, in lightfall's content in one year which would have been probably a lot of content right like i think every season would have been packed with so many things to do and all these things but then they would have had a year where nothing comes out and then their new game comes out so i think they're hoping for a um what's the word i think they're hoping for a a kind of jump where like they can get their destiny players to play this new game versus possibly losing their destiny players and then trying to rebuild on this new game you get what i'm saying yeah yeah no, absolutely a little bit of a tinfoil hat theory but um I don't know. The tweet came out today <laughs> and uh, kind of made sense. So I think this is a really good um, spot for us to talk about Crucible. Sure. Where do you guys think the future of the Crucible is going? Is there a future for the Crucible in Destiny 2? Do you want me to answer this first? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, oh, man, I'm going to sound so bad, dude. Um, I don't think there's a future for PvP. And I'm trying not to sound, because I know a lot of people say this on Twitter, and I think the, the first instinct that people say is like, ah, oh, salty content creator wants a pub stomp or something. I, I genuinely want everybody to have a great time playing. Um, I think, and again, I'm going to get crushed for this, but I think the most positive time in pvp was a time where the main meta like if you looked at like a if it was like an onion the center of the meta was always revolving around hand cannons snipers and shotguns and that kind of more so Mm -hmm. goes to if you have a hand cannon you have to get three headshots to get the fastest time to kill and if you missed a shot or you got a body shot that time to kill went up drastically right so you were directly rewarded for your accuracy uh, when it comes to shotgunning, getting kills with shotgunning, it was, you know, if somebody had bad positioning or you had good positioning, you'd be able to take out an enemy fairly easily, right? And then it came to snipers, if you could, again, hit that headshot, you were equally rewarded with a one-shot kill. Um, and then everything else kind of kind of really settled around that. You know, we had Yotan, which was a funny, silly one. We had pulses that were strong, but not too strong. We had auto rifles. Um, that I think around that meta might have been a little bit weak and it just seemed like there was this skill gap with movement and aim but as time went on I think we started seeing less of this skill gap we started seeing hand cannons getting nerfed we started seeing pulse rifles getting buffed we started seeing uh, SMGs came in and in my opinion SMGs uh, are generally for people that that have a hard time aiming with a hand cannon because it, it really is a spray and pray kind of kind of deal you know it's you 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 have something called time under fire that a lot of people don't think about and that's if you can keep somebody under fire the way the flinch system works in destiny it shakes you up <laughs> you're not going to hit a shot back your screen is shaking and pretty soon you're going to die 
So the longer you can keep someone under fire, the higher the chances are uh, for you to kill them. So SMGs were very, very strong. And then they had the range of, of, of auto rifles. And, you know, now we have very ability heavy um, kind of situation right now. So I think at the very moment with Lightfall coming in and we're, we're, we're getting an SMG for trials, which apparently is, is going to be stronger than Multimock, I think we're heading in a direction that is very not going towards a skill gap, right? It's very much kind of like a, a Western where it's just like, hey, man, use, use uh, Beyond Titan, get some PKs, get an SMG, a shotgun, and you're, you're pretty set. It's just who's going to slide at you first? Who's got the overshield? You know what I mean? So <laughs> unless there's an actual vision or someone at Destiny that goes, you know what? Like we made a mistake. Like we're going we're gonna to reel it back in and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Or have a mode where there's no abilities and it's all gunplay. Um, I would not hold my breath for a. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath for a PvP. Um, boom, so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that Bungie probably largely gave up on the idea of Destiny being a competitive game. I don't see esports being a part of just this culture. I think they're putting greater focus on PVE content for for better or for worse because I think that historically Bungie has a very loyal fan base who are very um, into the PvP scene. So I think that like not having as many maps that are new we haven't had any new maps in how long now you know um it's definitely I mean, them, set back them, yeah them giving us back maps that were once faulted i don't think in, in any way should ever be hey this is your map for this season it should be hey guys we're going to be rotating out let's say we have like 10 maps right now we're going to vault those and we're going to give you 10 maps that were vaulted um you know I, I was playing destiny one not that long ago and the amount of maps that destiny one has and the amount of custom got, game yeah, modes so many. i got so mad i was like yeah. why, why do they have all these arms. maps yeah. yes yeah you can do oh man and there's sparrow wrestling yeah 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 Arrow so combat. It's, to be completely honest and, I, and i've said this a long time a long time ago and that's um the most important thing for, for Bungie to do, and I wish they did this, because if they can't give us the content that we need each season to keep people extremely hungry for the entire season, um, they need to give us, they need, they need to allow us to become self-sufficient. And, and that's basically just give us a forge mode, give us a theater <laughs> mode. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, allow us to, to make our own maps. Make our own us, yeah. Our own maps and then our own, our own rules, right? Imagine if you can go like everybody's one shot or no guns allowed. It's all knives, throwing knives or, you know, gun game would have been amazing. And you could do oh, like I would love gun game and destiny. Yeah. Give us the ability to customize, give us the ability to make maps and then, to, and then throw that into a, a theater mode um, would have been the best thing they would have ever done. Right. Because think about it. Let's say right now I'm not feeling Destiny, right? I'm like, ah, PvP is really bad. Uh, I don't really want to play PvE. You know what, chat? I made this map last night. We're going to do a gun game. Anyone's welcome. And then it's just hecticness and wildness. And then you can do Infected or you can do, you know, Capture the Flag. And you can do like really funny, silly maps. Jumping puzzle maps, right? That's PvP. So 
the lack of customization, I think, is what also hurts it. But at the same time, their focus might be um, fully on this new game. They might be going, we've juiced this game as much as we can. We love our community in Destiny, but we want to see what's in the future for us. And right now, Tarkov-like shooters might be huge. So more than likely, that's probably what's happening. And I don't think a lot of people see it just yet, but um, it's there. That's a, that's a PvP. That, that's a PvP only game, isn't it? That Tarkov. Like, um, right? Well, it's a it's a PvPVE. So it's like oh, okay. So it's it's kind of like you drop yeah, in. Then- <laughs> well, actually, well, kind of, yeah, actually. So it's like I don't know if you guys ever played Tarkov, but it's basically like you you come in into this in this world in this big big map, and there's a bunch of NPCs. And you can go and loot these houses, kind of like Fortnite, but with less people all around you, right? You loot, you loot, you loot. And then you could, you could ev- evacuate. You have to go to a certain place in the map. There's probably like five of them. And you can, you know, get out. But the problem is, is that there's also other players that are there looting as well. And they have the opportunity to kill you. Or you can kill them. And then once you die, all of your loot that you have on you that you brought in with you is gone, right? So if like... If we're trying to like put an example in for Destiny, like imagine you dropped into a world, right? Like imagine you dropped to the E to Z and you have an Ace of Spades and you have a new Astral Horizon. You just got God Roll from, from Trials and you're going and you're looting and some guy just shoots you in the back and kills you. That Ace of Spades and that God Roll Astral is now gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So like that's kind of how it works. And then there's a wipe like every three months or, or however many months so that everyone starts from fresh again. So like it stings to lose things and you want to be very careful. And sometimes you can kill someone that has really, really great loot or a really good gun or whatever it might be. It's hard to find, but then you got to mm-hmm. leave with it. You got to try to evac with it. So, Oh yeah. It's yeah, called it's escape kind of, from Tarkov, right? Is that what it's escape called? From, yeah. Escape from Tarkov is like that. The cycle is like that. And then I think, um, I think COD actually just brought in a new, a new thing like that. I forgot what, I always forget what it's called. Um, man, I forget what it's called, but they have that game mode. They, they have it. You drop in, you grab stuff, and then if you die, you lose all of it. And then you, you know, oh, you serve. Isn't that like uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls? Mm, kind of. So it, Dark it, Souls. It where like you, you, if you die, you lose everything that you get in the game? No, no, no. In Dark, in Dark Souls, in games like that, you, you kill people and they have souls, right? Like it's almost like a currency. You kill someone, they drop five you know, quote unquote souls or an Elden ring is called runes. Right. And let's say you have like 10,000 of them and you're running around and you do a boss fight and the boss kills you. You can come back in that next life and you have to go to that spot that you died and collect them. If you die before going back to that spot, collecting them, they're gone forever. So that's oh, wow. like Elden ring. Yeah. Tarkov and stuff like that. It's, you, I don't think you can go back to the same place to go get your stuff. I think like whoever kills you is going to loot your stuff and then like evac. Um, but to be fair, I haven't played a lot of Tarkov. I haven't played a lot of those games, but I don't think you can go back to the same exact map world, quote unquote, because like it might be like you're going to a different server and stuff like that. Um, there's like a chance. You get what I'm saying? Like if you fly into the EDZ and then you go back to orbit and then you fly back, you might not see the same people that were doing like a activity there that were that was there before. So to, so to speak. So here's a really interesting question that uh, Greedy from our community uh, poses. What's going to happen after the final shape? Are we getting a Destiny 3 
no. or are we getting another expansion that's going to follow with whatever happens after the light and dark saga so this was my this was my theory a months ago when i was working on the project i saw that there was a few people on twitter um that tweeted out in january of last year that they got promoted to become for example there's this guy's name is derek sai um he got promoted to be the head of everything transmedia at destiny 2 and he did like hashtag books hashtag tv hashtag films hashtag Mm -hmm. comics hashtag whatever right and i was like oh my god they're starting to build their like tv show team right or their movie because they just got four billion dollars from sony right what i thought was going to happen and this would have been such a big brain play was they released lightfall it's this year right final shape comes in january uh, it, it goes all the way until the end of the year. And then they announced Destiny 3 for February of 2025, Ooh, right? Okay. And with the announcement of Destiny 3, they release a TV show or they release a movie. And the hype of the TV show will hype up the game. The hype of the game will hype up the TV show. They could have synergized that so, so well. But from another theory of seeing their other game that they announced that they're making the Tarkov like game. I think that they've shifted their entire focus to that new IP. And I don't know if they're even committed to doing destiny three. I think after final shape, maybe we see very minor things coming out, but I, I don't think after final shape that we're going to see another yearly DLC. Like, I don't think after final shape, we're going to see, you know, let's just like, let's just pull a name out of our house, right? Let's, let's say like the next DLC is called the one and only, right? We're not going to see a yearly DLC that next January or February for destiny. Cause if we're already seeing, you know, vaulted content in Lightfall and reskinned weapons and old activities and everything else, I don't think they have the manpower or the time or, you know, I hate to say this, the passion to do a, a, another yearly DLC or a destiny three. So what's, what's next? what's after the final shape is that it i would say that's it i would i would think that they're going to announce their new game and go hey guys like this is it you know and then try to swing the destiny players into this new game that's That's really interesting that's my theory that's my theory i've talked to a lot of people i've heard a lot of things and uh apparently like you know a destiny 3 isn't happening um and at the same time, you know, like the hope if they made a Destiny 3, I remember I did a YouTube video about this, right? The five things that can save Destiny. And it was like one of my most downvoted, you know, thumbs down videos. Because um, I think people don't want to admit that there might be a problem, right? And it was just, hey, you know, we need, you know, our, en- our engine right now. Oh my God, my dog. Our engine right now um, is, uh, what's it called? Tiger, Tiger something. And yeah, the Tiger Engine. Tiger yeah. Engine. I guess it was just the Tiger Engine. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, and it's the same. It's the same engine that Halo used. Halo mm-hmm. One. Um, they're oh, using wow. that same. They're, they're using that same engine for their new game. So, the one of the things like, hey, we need to update an engine because the lighting is bad. If someone's invisible, you definitely can't see them, right? If you look outside a dark room, you can't see anything, right? It was that. It was, hey, we need universal weapon skins. We need weapon challenges, kind of like COD. Uh, I think I brought up we need weapon, you know, weapon skins like Valorant that come in the shop every week. Content creator codes would be awesome, you know, to support, you know, let's say they had a Frostbolt skin or something, you know. Um, 
And then I and then I, I think I put in like the forge in the theater mode. And I was like, if they made a Destiny 3, it'd be cool to see all these things. But with the announcement of this new game again, um, I just don't think that they have the amount of manpower and the time to completely refresh uh, a Destiny 3. Do you get what I'm saying? No, that mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. And now for anyone who doesn't know about this new announcement, what exactly did Bungie announce? I can put the Twitter post in the uh, in the chat if you'd like. Destiny Bulletin actually um, posted it. Um, it was it was basically I put the right link, right? Yeah, I did. It, it was basically just saying uh, Bungie's reportedly set to revive the, the marathon franchise with a new three-player extraction-based shooter. Very Tarkov-like, minimal load queue times, likely free-to-play live service, highly customizable characters, authentic Bungie FPS experience. Stay tuned for more updates. So a year ago, I heard from a friend um, that Bungie's working on a game very similar to the cycle, and I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no chance. That, that's very out of their... Like, why would... If, if they're ignoring Destiny 2 PvP, why would they focus on a game that's just PvP for the most part? It's PvPVE technically, but I think a lot of people would will, will say that Tarkov is a very intense shooter, right? Um, so why would they switch over and do something that's primarily a PvP game, right? And then with the announcement today, I saw someone posted it in my Discord. Um, it was kind of like that that like that the nail on the hammer. That's like okay, so it was true. The rumors I heard were true. That's what they've been working on. Um, I think that's where their focus is at the moment. Yeah, that's um, an interesting thought, but definitely for me as a Destiny player, it would be sad to see the final shape be the last expansion that we get. Um, I'm wondering I, if they can maybe even change it into more of a subscription model at that point where, you know, you pay... 10 bucks a month and you get access to all the content and everything that's on rotation. That's oh, like in, in Destiny 2? Yeah. After Final Shape. I I don't know. So I guess it's just a matter of, of manpower at a studio, right? So if they do come out with this new game, I think they're trying to call it... They're saying that they're re they're they're reviving something called the Marathon franchise. I've never heard of that before, so I'm not sure if that's like something they used to do or, or yeah, it's a, yeah, Marathon. Marathon. It was a game from like '94 um, before Halo. Yeah, right? it was a game from like 1994 that was um, uh, on I think Apple uh, computers okay. because Bungie used to be heavily into Apple computers. Oh, development for Did Apple. you ever play Marathon? I never played it, but I I know heard about it. it. You remember yeah, it. yeah. Is, okay is it similar yeah. to destiny in any way is it a shooter the terminals like... that you scan in halo are the terminals from marathon okay like it's like they're like callbacks to, to be honest if bungie is going back to possibly their roots is something more you know what sounds like a little halo-esque that's similar to tarkov that has the same feel of destiny 2 as far as shooters go um mm-hmm. I think that would be a giant turning point for a lot of people in Destiny to go try. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but with the hype of that style of game, I know those type of games really blow up, right? 
the cycle had a giant blow up at one point tarkov obviously is still pretty big um i think there's a couple other games that are like that i think that all of their attention would go to this game i wouldn't want technically uh for them to like do bare minimums in destiny 2 while this game is popping off because then it would feel kind of you know I mean, imagine if like you kept paying for yearly DLCs and they were like, all right, like here's, you know, here's a menagerie again, right? And I think you mm-hmm. would be happy to see it after so long. But I think like the constant like coming back and showing vaulted content back again would probably rub people the wrong way. I don't know if it's possible for them to compress the game in a way where we could get all of the content back, like all of the maps. Uh, if we can get some Destiny 1 weapons back, if we could craft literally everything, like if they just go, hey guys, like, you know, after Final Shape, or, um, yeah, after, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, That's after a really Final good Shape, idea, actually. Yeah, after Final Shape, they go, hey guys, we're opening this game up, we're gonna let you guys have a lot of freedom, we're not gonna update this very often at all. Here is No Land, here is Icebreaker, you guys can craft Bring everything weapon. to the crafting ta- uh, tables. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we're going to tune everything down a lot so that, like, the game is more safer long-term without having them to, like, mess with anything in terms of, like, ability damage and weapon damage. And we're, we're giving you Forge in theater mode. Like, go have fun. I think that's when Destiny could be such a boom. And then it would be more of, like, a, oh, my God, I'm so happy. We have all these raids we could play. We have all these things we can do. We have all these weapons that we can craft. And we have a private game mode that we can do, right? <laughs> like... And like imagine like a shooting range to try out weapons, you know what I mean? So like I think that's so important. So if they would do that, which again, I don't think they would, and then they would just focus on this new game, I think that'd be so much more positive than them having like, you know, six or seven people like trying to upkeep whatever they can, trying to, and not again in a bad way or an insulting way, keep up the illusion that they're actually giving us new content. Because I think that was my biggest problem with Lightfall. It was a new campaign. It was new abilities. Um, but for the most part, it's reskinned weapons. It's old weapons. It's And again, I'm not going to spoil it for next season, but it's old activities coming back. It's a ton of old weapons coming back and then one new map. And then I think it's, yeah, the raid too. The raid, the the new area, right? It's just not it's just not a year's worth of content, in my opinion. You get what I'm saying? So we are yeah. getting a new raid. So yeah, we're getting dungeons and raids. I love. I love I love campaigns and I love to see dungeons. And I think raids are really, are really, really cool. But if we were to get all of the new stuff they're giving us for this entire year and we were to shove it into one season, um, it would be an insanely kick-ass season. <laughs> And I think everyone would be like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I can't wait for next season. And then you're not getting anything next season. Or maybe we're getting like the, the, the old activities and the old weapons and everything else. And then people would get really upset. So I think they're kind of sprinkling in new stuff and old stuff. Um, because I think the amount of new stuff they have to offer is low just because their manpower was doing the new game. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a really interesting point to make it where they are introducing the features that we want the most obviously forge mode and theater mode would be the two big ones in my opinion um i think bungie bringing those things into the game will definitely make 
the experience worthwhile. Um, I'm wondering if they will try to monetize that or just make it a base content. Like monetize. if you buy the last expansion, you'll get access to all the features. Um, you know, I would be surprised, and we can come back to this next year to see if this is a thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they announce this new game like within the next nine months, let's say. And if you buy the DLC for Final Shape, that when this new game comes out, you get some pre-order bonuses. <laughs> like, to kind of, like, transfer the community over to this new game. I would be surprised if they did something similar to that. It'd be a super smart move, in my opinion. Um, one that would probably get me, right? Because at the current moment, I probably wouldn't buy the next DLC. But if they said, hey, guys, we have this really cool game coming out, that's like kind of looks like Halo and it's like this, you know, Tarkov like shooter. I don't even like Tarkov, but like, you know what I mean? If they hype up something new, they're like, if you pre order, you know, Final Shape, <laughs> you get some in game stuff for a new game coming out at the end of the year. I'd be like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got me again, <laughs> you know? They always do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shadow Price, what about you? What What are your thoughts on Lightfall? You had a chance to play through Legendary Campaign at least once. We had a chance to play through the Vex, um, Vex Caliber uh, mission. Um, yeah. So you played through quite a bit, right? Um, what are your thoughts? I think it's lack in depth. Um, I think that's part of the reason, and some of the narrative is. Uh, a little questionable, I guess. Um, it kind of it has high points. Some of them seem like high points, but then it just kind of dies. The story does, like in places. And you know, Rohan's death—they didn't really. It wasn't really that, you know, special. Well, I mean, not special. That's not the word. It wasn't um Me impactful. Impactful, yeah, in any way. Yeah. Um, and I'm almost wondering if, like, his death wasn't intended to be impactful. It was just part of the story. I think today they had a Vidoc that they released, and one of the things they talked about was how his race of people, they have a 10-year lifespan, right? So that's kind of how they are by nature. So oh, like games or ten years. How old is Destiny yeah. Two? Uh, the, the five, Destiny Two, twenty seventeen. I want to say five years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is something that's interesting, and <clears throat> I see I see someone in in the chat saying, "Did they not say that after Final Shape, it's not over, and there's a lot more to come?" They said in their in their in a Vidog, I think a little bit ago, that there's a guy that looked right into the camera and he goes, "We're never sunsetting anything again." right like we're not we're not sunsetting any locations ever again or anything in game and i think destiny 2 right now is 87 gigabytes is it 90 gigabytes it's like 80 something yeah you're right about it's, that it's big it's a really big game and if they're saying they're never shutting down any any places if they're never um sunsetting any locations but we have you know five more years of content right on the same engine um where we're having this connection issues all the time we're having uh you know if you play pvp you're having rubber banding issues with other players i think with the launch there was players that were 
invisible for a long time. I don't know if that's still an issue or if that's been fixed yet, right? I think we're seeing so many issues right now. Um, we're having so many issues right now uh, in game and with kind of, and I hate, I hate that I keep saying this, but a semi lack of content each, each year. Uh, I just can't see them going, hey, here's five more years of story and content um, that, that we're going to be bringing on onto a game, which I personally feel that is not their main thing, right? Destiny 2 feels like it's the 18-year-old that's going off to college and he's coming home asking for PB&Js. But like mm-hmm. mom and dad has like have like two more three-year-olds that like need their attention a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah sweetie, the peanut butter jelly's on the table. You got that, right? But I need my you know? yeah. <laughs> like that's it's really so, what it feels like, you know. Let's let's talk about that for a bit because I'm sure. wondering, is that safe for Bungie to abandon Destiny when that's pretty much their bread and butter right now? So this is the thing. I don't think they're, you know, quote unquote, abandoning Bungie, uh, ab- abandoning Destiny. I think they're trying to keep it alive. And like I said this before, I think they're, they're, they're keeping up this illusion that, um, that there is more content coming. There is a lot of content coming. Um, and that we have something to look forward to a lot of the time when, I mean, truthfully guys, like, if you look through the weapons list right now, you're going to see a lot of hand cannons, a lot of pulse rifles, a lot of snipers. They all share the same base as far as what they look like. So a lot of the weapons have been reskinned. We have new weapons coming in for a lot. We're not really having like a lot of new things coming in. Um, I think that Final Shape and Lightfall were supposed to be the same season. I think like this was supposed to be quote unquote like Final Shape. And what we're seeing for Lightfall and what we're going to see for Final Shape should have been in one um, season, which would have been like so much content. But yeah. I think they're they're planning on extending this out two years. And um, and uh, again, trying to get us to the new game. I think that's ultimately what's happening. So gotcha. I, don't, I don't think they're, a, you know, quote unquote, abandoning it, but... You know, if you really look and in, in kind of look deep, I think the stuff they're doing is extremely minimal. Um, I mean, PvP is in shambles. And I hate to talk about PvP because I feel like, you know, the second you complain about PvP, you're like, ah, just another PvP kid, like complaining about, you know, whatever it is. But but it is bad. You know, it, it really is. It's It's a little bit of a mess. It's a wee bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean, a part of me as a Destiny fan hopes that they continue destiny as a franchise beyond the final shape with new content Mm -hmm. um i would like for there to be a destiny 3 because i think that this game has a very loyal player base and i think that if they take the time to build something new with a new engine with new environments with new ideas with the talented teams they have i think that um it's going to be something that we can be excited as players or no of, of course man i mean listen i wish bungie nothing but the best i know that they have some incredibly talented people uh that are working there it's just what they're focusing on and kind of the transparency of what they're doing and and 
and stuff like that, I think is hurting uh, their community a lot more than, um, than helping at the very moment. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things that's like, I, I really hope to see what's, what's coming. Uh, but definitely from a content creator's perspective, I kind of had to make, I had to make a, uh, like a decision with my content this year. And I, I, I no longer trust there's enough content for me to, to do as far as live content and as far as YouTube content. So it's enough of a risk for me to completely almost restart my quote unquote streaming career and go into variety and then dabble into destiny every once in a while, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I was going to like ask how are these potential changes going to impact you as a player and what you're doing as a content creator? Because I mean, if you have a fan base that's based around your destiny gameplay, I'm certain that, there's going to be some challenges with putting all of your eggs in one basket, for example, or having to play other games, you know, when people are used to having you play this one game. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, listen, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we, we, we have a community and we have a viewership playing destiny Two, And I know if I go live doing trials help, I can average anywhere between, you know, 65 viewers and over 100 viewers just depending on how late we stream and that's great right it's fantastic but the truth the truth of the matter is is that when you do raffles or anything like that you have inflated views because people are just waiting to win so i i kept seeing this i'm like well this isn't really this isn't what i want to do over the course of a long time so i see streamers like and i know this sounds like super cheesy but i see streamers like uh ludwig and Jerma. And, you know, of course, you got classics like XQC and you got Soda Pop and, and, and Summit. And you have these guys that um, go live. They do just chatting, right? Kind of like Sweet Tales and, and other streamers. And they talk with their chat. They could talk with their chat for an hour or two hours. And people are there talking in chat, talking back, having a good time, joking, laughing. And then you watch videos together and then you either play whatever the hot game is, right? So, like, I think... At the end of this month, or I'm sorry, next month, Dead Island 2 is coming out. I don't know if you guys ever played that. I'm a huge fan of that, of that yeah. game. Yeah. It was an old one that came out a while ago, but they, they finally are going to release Dead Island 2. Yeah, they play that. Ago, right? Huh? They announced it a while ago. They announced yeah. it back in 2015. Such a long time. They had a it's trailer. 2023. It like, Eight years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like Jack Black. He was like, oh, nice shoe, right? And you were like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Um, yeah. They're finally releasing. So it's it's like it's like we could have the freedom to play those hot games that are coming out, right? When God of War comes out, when Last of Us comes out. And then we also have the freedom to to get together with other content creators and play games, right? So if that's like Devour or if that's, you know, um West Hunt or Spy Party or any of the games, like prop hunt games, any of the games that we can give with other content creators and make funny, entertaining content, which then becomes funny YouTube content, funny shorts. Um, and that make people laugh and make people like feel good. That's the dream, right? And like, it feels really good to make that type of uh, variety content, right? Because I've been doing that for a while for shorts. And it's, it's been like kind of a scary thing. Like, ah, oh, do we make the jump? You know, we're going to take a hit viewership wise on Twitch, certainly. And you're going to take a viewership hit um, on YouTube as well. You know, 
but I think it's worth it long term to to build a community that's there for you and and not just there for either a raffle help or you know a game that may or may not have a future in the next year or two years, if that makes sense. Absolutely. To, no, totally. To put it kind of brutally, you know, I don't want to say like, oh my God, this game is dying, but you know, you have to, you kind of have to hop into the car that you think might have the longest engine and betting on yourself is like always the safest thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, on that note, what is next for you in your journey as a content creator? So, um, so basically it's actually kind of fun. So the last three weeks I've been uh, doing variety and, uh, with that, we've been trying a bunch of different things and kind of seeing what works, but doesn't work. Um, and we're planning actually a couple announcements for next month and the month after, um, basically we're going to be hosting a Twitch wide talent show, uh, with a couple other, uh, content creators, uh, in destiny, which is going to be a surprise until we announce it. Um, which is going to be super fun. I'm filming a promo for it in two weeks, which is going to be uh, really, really good. And I think after that, we're hosting another show. I think we're doing Jeopardy. And then I think after that, it's supposed to be a millionaire. Um, that's kind of like our monthly kind of like big projects to do. Hey, that's um, cool. Yeah. A few IRL videos with some other content creators. You might, you know, hop in some tanks and do some funny stuff. But it's like, it's just kind of getting like these creative ideas. And then it's like, we can do that. It's a pain. It's definitely a pain, you know, but and it might cost, you know, some, some bucks, but, um, I'm really, really excited. Very cool. Well, we're excited to see where the future takes you in your journey as a content creator and appreciate the that future of destiny too, as well, because we do love playing destiny and speaking of playing destiny, we do have a brand new raid that just came out. We just wrapped up our week one uh, raid um, completion. And congratulations to the world's first team on getting your completion done in under three hours. I think it was like around two and a half. Two. <laughs> um, two hours. Really yeah, people were mad about that. <laughs> Um, and there, there's a lot on the topic of the new raid, and I wanted to take some time tonight to talk about that. Sure. And I'm curious, um, what did you all think of the new raid? How did you all enjoy the Root of Nightmares raid? Maddie, I, think? I watched. You know, I actually haven't done it yet. I, I just, I oh, you haven't done it yet. Oh, wow. okay. no, no. I, uh, I just watched. I, uh, the day the raid came out, I had, you know, I had a bunch of, I have three monitors. I had someone on each monitor, you know, some of my friends, right. I had salt on there. I had sweatsicle on there. I think one of them was glad. And, um, I just wanted to see, you know, how everyone was doing and it looked crazy and it looked really cool. And, and the mechanic looked, um, <laughs> the mechanic looked just really really cool like the 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 um the visuals were just really really pretty but a lot of wells <laughs> just a lot of wells but overall good man very cool and shadow price i know you actually had a chance to play through the raid and you got some completions done tell us about your experience um i uh 
I enjoyed it. It's it was hard for contests for us. I mean, as a group, we played it, and I mean, the first encounter, no joke, took us eight hours because it just. Um, I don't know. I feel like we were close a lot of times, and then all of a sudden, just we get overwhelmed, or we wouldn't pop our supers at the right time when the tormentors were up, and it was just kind of you know made the run fall fall short everything uh but i mean we got through the first two encounters the first night uh it would have been nice and i so i got to the planets on the first uh night but i was just too tired to continue after that but i would have to say what i played i enjoyed i thought it was cool um very difficult for contest mode for us as a group um you know we just started playing together in this clan I didn't play a lot during Witch Queen in the beginning of Witch Queen, just I had my own cons uh, issues I had to take care of and everything. But um, yeah. found that how much fun it is to raid again. And we did get a completion done the other night and feel like I'm was a really good contributing factor to us getting it done because I mean I'm understanding a lot of the encounters of the planets are fun it's fun just like uh you know moving the planets around it's a cool little mechanic that they put in yeah. there and everything um you know it's but a lot of people will say it's easy now it, it's easy and I mean I have to agree with them it is interesting um but uh you know i mean it's like eventually the raids do become easy i mean unless you're talking about garden because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that raid is still difficult to this day i feel like um my that's the longest time clears i have for that raid i average the longest times on that one because it's just a lot of wipes i think <laughs> but in general i had a lot of fun with it uh, I was just going to say, I think for me, the one thing that really stuck out was the art design in the raid. I think they did a really good job with building out the environment in the new raid. I think that the jumping um, puzzles and just the overall boss environments are really well designed. Like, I think the planets, like the first time that I saw that encounter, like seeing all the planets in front of you and how that's part of the raid it it's really cool how they built that all into the game so uh the one criticism i will say for me was that they did not have the challenge uh really together during the um actual raid after a contest mode because i think that the enemies were not really hitting hard at all like i i think that it it had a good balance in terms of like technical abilities but like the enemies were really simple to kill like where i can go into a strike and that's more difficult than the raid in terms of like the enemy damage and i don't think it should be that way in your end game content i know that there was a lot of um <laughs> i saw like a tweet where they put the root of nightmares world's first to the zero hour world's first um and the zero hour world's first was three hours, 256. Oh, wow. And the root of nightmares world's first was 225. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Interesting. <laughs> so people were kind of upset saying that the raid was just too short. How there wasn't like, 
there wasn't long enough mechanics or maybe some of the mechanics might have been too bosses probably too i would say yeah yeah Yeah. so and again i'm not i i can't be too opinionated on this because you know i i didn't go in and I, i didn't do it yet but um it's just a little weird to see um i think zero hour was it technically a dungeon it was it was not even mission. it was it was was it a dungeon i mean maybe Tec- i guess you tec- could quad- technically call <laughs> like, it but it was for the, it, it was, was for the gun. you had to get it done in like 15 minutes or something like that though for like uh one of the uh emblems or something i think if i'm not mistaken oh was, yeah 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 but i yeah. guess the reason it took so long was maybe there was like a contest mode or i wouldn't say it was a dungeon i would say it was like a black spindle mission basically yeah. like yeah. it was basically like one of those secret missions that uh Bungie put in oh okay yeah so like if you didn't know where to go or didn't know what to do i guess the world's first team was 256 and then yeah the raid was 225 which um big shout out to those guys i don't recognize um the names you know usually you see like salt and dado or you know whoever it might but that's be, like, a good Spike. thing though that means that these people like really like it was it. Co- it was cool to yeah. see because someone mm-hmm. was like spamming in the chat someone already did it someone already did it and i was like really i was like what it just shows you how coordinated these guys were they they must have all played together and they just knew how to do things they they it's, picked it up really quick it's very cool yeah and now in terms of the weapons from the raid um obviously maddie you're gonna have a challenge with this one because you haven't played through the raid yet so you haven't gotten any of the weapons or the armor um but i'm curious for shadow price do you have any thoughts on the weapons that we got from this new raid and i know you also got a little little something from the raid do you want to tell us what you got yeah i got the uh exotic i got the exotic shotgun okay after, well, uh, very nice. sec- my and second completion tell us <laughs> more about it uh the well it's a stasis and solar shotgun so it, it fires both um elements it freezes and it um shoots solar too so it's pretty powerful i'd have to say it's good in pve content that you're gonna need two burns on freezes targets like right in their right in their uh tracks so i've seen some clips yeah (laughs) or did you get in your first run second run i got in my second run second run wow it was reminiscent of Thousand Voices. I got that in my second run, too. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you get your 1K, too? Yeah, I got my 1K one. in the second run as well. Well, give me some of that RNG. <laughs> I think I have one more chance to get it this week. Um, I ran the raid six times now, or five times. So I have one more chance this week before the res- the reset. Um, but we actually have been farming something. Isn't that right, Shadow Price? Oh yeah. What so tell us tell us what exactly did you figure out before all of the big content creators out there? Well, I can't were... not I cannot take complete credit for it. Because okay. I I didn't figure tell, it out completely. Tell us, tell us what happened. Well, I watched a fallout plays uh quick video. He okay. said, you got to do this insane like farm right now. 
uh, before it gets patched or something because it's giving you artifice armor like you, you know every time almost you hit the chest and you can basically and it's from the duality dungeon and it's from the first encounter in the duality dungeon first boss so you um lure him to the should I wait should I say do you know what you guys want me to say what it is <laughs> toilet yeah so you just lure the boss to the um to the edge and you can get him to fall off easily by just kind of chasing you when you're like a hunter and you just shoot your strand you jump away get him to chase you then shoot your strand back to get back to the platform boss falls off 10 seconds later you got loot <laughs> and you got either likely artifice armor or ascendant shards or prisms or the weapons that drop like i keep the grenade launcher uh, mainly because i've been getting the grenade launcher over and over again uh, i believe the grenade launcher is called linger and dread so i've been getting getting some linger and dreads a good healthy dose of those linger and dreads but it's a really good farm now it was an even better farm yesterday before a bungee uh they what they did was the disabled joining in progress so people were passing around the checkpoints to one another and you know it was a full farm like it was a full all-out farm for really good gear artifice armor is like the best armor in the game because it gets a a plus three um stats uh bonus on it whereas uh the normal armor doesn't do that interesting yeah <laughs> we have not slept you haven't slept we haven't slept. No, we slept we but it, um we, we did were, it for a while needless to say we've been farming this for second day now <laughs> and i got an entire gear for my hunter bungee please won't ban me or take this away <laughs> but uh we have been farming this thing um since yesterday pretty pretty religiously i would say and um it's been a fun little grind you know um hopefully we'll get some good you know armor for all of our characters and get a curated um epicurean I think I have two of my red borders now done, or three, and uh, two more to go, and I'm I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Let's go. You're so grinding it, it out, man. Yeah, do do make sure to check that out because um, it's a fun little grind, and um, get it while you can because mm -hmm. Bungie is definitely going to probably do something about it i'm surprised they haven't patched it today to be honest with you yeah, yeah. i'm kind of surprised too actually myself but hey man uh i'm not going to complain about it <laughs> but we did also learn about some more stuff this week from bungie because it is thursday night and we have a whole new TWAB that's out right now. And um, we're going to talk about that. Uh, 
to wrap things up for the evening with our conversation. Um, we, of course, learned the group that got Worlds first. Congratulations to all the winners. Apparently, 190,000 Guardians completed contest mode for uh, Rude for Nightmares. I'm curious how that compares to all the previous raids with completions. I think this was the fastest. Really? Um, so is yeah. this the one that had the most completions for contest mode, probably? Because it had the entire weekend? Um, that's a really good question. It's either... I was going to say it's either that or the day they extended... Uh, the, I remember the day one emblem. <laughs> I like an extra day and everybody got upset. I think that was like the last raid that came out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And I think and I think a lot of people were trying to get that emblem. So I don't know if there was the sense of urgency this this time around. It's a good yeah, question, I'm actually. Not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um, I think people took their time a little bit more because we had the extra time to do it. Um, so I think that was definitely a contributing factor. But I can definitely see where this raid it definitely had less of a challenge than other raids. So I think that it was definitely more doable during contest mode mm-hmm. for less skilled players, even though, I mean, it still required coordination, but I would bet that this raid probably had the highest completion rate for the uh, day one weekend. That'd be really cool if it did, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they want to make the raid more accessible for more more players, so that mm. definitely would um, accomplish that. Congratulations to Team Hard for beating the raid in under two and a half hours, and um, congratulations to everyone on the team. Um, it is also time to complete some challenges to improve your chances of getting new conditional finality exotic shotgun i'm curious what bungie means by this because to me it almost sounds like bungie is saying that by completing certain objectives you're increasing your chances of getting that exotic is that what you all got from that i don't know i i mean Probably, but I, I got mine after my second run. So you don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I don't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too certain either, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but you know, perhaps there's going to be some way to increase your chances of getting that exotic. Um, hopefully after you complete the raid more times, naturally you're going to get a buff like they did. I want to see in Scourge of the Past, where, um, you, essentially you got the chance of getting your exotic was higher the more completions that you had, which I like that system. I think shopping. that makes sense. Yeah. 
There was another thing that Bungie released, um, the Art of Lightfall developer insight video, and that was really interesting. I'm wondering if you both had a chance to check that out. I, I personally haven't. I didn't yet. I haven't had a chance to yet. So it was essentially a like a five or six minute video that talked about the art and um, some of the um, stylistic changes that Bungie introduced with Lightfall, which I think that was really interesting to see um, them shed some more insight into that. He talked about Neomuna, Cloud Striders, Callus, and the new raid. Um, and some of the inspirations behind it, definitely worth checking out if you um, get a chance. It is in the current weekly update from Bungie. That is out on March 16th. Um, they also have accommodations that are coming to Guardian ranks, which I'm sure most people will agree these are going to be welcoming changes. Um, they are increasing the exotic engram drop rate for completing legendary and master lost sectors. They are also reducing the commendation requirements for guardian rank 7 through 11 uh, to better fit <coughs> player goals and features. Um, I think before it was 750 to get to rank 7, now it's 460. It was uh, 1250 to get to rank 8, now it's 790. It was 1750 to get to rank 9, and now it's 1290. And then for rank 10, it was 5000. They knocked down the score to 1530 and for rank 11 before it was 6000 and now it's 1800 i'm curious these are pretty drastic reductions in what they required for you to um level up in order to get those ranks what do you both think about the original requirements that bungie set for for light levels yeah um you know i think i think what i what i missed that they did was you remember back in d1 when our light level was getting too high oh, and then yeah. they they reset it down they said hey guys like we're bringing it back down to 100 and then the light cap is 300 <laughs> like yeah. i i kind of wish and i don't know why we keep getting so high up but I don't know why we haven't reset it back down to 100. And that's like the baseline. And then the light level's back to 300. So then we can grind back up to 300 or we start at 150 or 120 and it's 250 or something. Um, and we kind of keep, keep going all the way up to like six or 700 and then we reset it again, if that makes sense. I think they just kind of forgot, maybe. <laughs> it just feels so weird being like, yeah, I'm 1783. I'm 1784. I'm 1776. Like, <laughs> bring it down it's a mouthful you know yeah small thing but you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think this is a relation in relations to how many commendations you have to acquire in order to get your uh commendation rank your guardian rank leveled up um but i definitely agree that 
corresponding to your light level, um, it's almost this artificial number that Bungie is raising your cap the next year to. So it, it just seems very... I don't want to say pointless, but it definitely feels like the same grind that we had the year before where mm. we leveled up to this score, but now it's like everybody's going up to that score the next year. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, I can kind of see where you're going. I mean, again, I think it just goes back to them having to um, basically reset our light level and, and give us something to kind of grind for. Especially, especially with light level. Light level is such an interesting thing. It's only important for obviously going into PV activities, like if you're if you're you know hopping in the Cosmodrome or you're doing, um, uh, what's it called, the solo lost sectors, uh, or if you're doing grandmasters or raids, and then after that, light level isn't really like a thing. You know what I mean? Strikes and PV, excuse me, PVP activities. I think even in Iron Banner they took away light level requirements, right? um yeah. yeah yeah you don't need you don't need to be like it's not like like if you're super low light level like if you're like level two right it's not possible but let's just say it doesn't you're doing the same damage as everybody else so people have been using a lot of sunset gear revokers coming back right <laughs> like so oh, wow. i would love to see them either take away the power level grind um or do something where it's very specific on Hey, you know, if you're if you're 1780 and you only have to be like 1200 to do this activity, you're a golden god running around just you know what I mean, just like destroying everything or or maybe mm -hmm. it scales or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that they definitely still need to fix the power level system. And it's something that hopefully by the final shape, they really flush out more. Um, I, I think that the current system, it feels very artificial and players who have been playing Destiny 2 since launch, I, I feel like it, it's becoming a repetitive ritual that just is becoming less fun. Yeah, I mean... Hey man, <laughs> like I I I haven't even done the raid. I did the uh, legendary campaign on two characters, and then I was just like, man, this is this is it. You know what I mean? I don't feel the same kind of need to grind, especially with crafted weapons. You know, it's uh, it used to be do this activity. Hopefully, you get the roll you want, and then you're good. And it kind of got to the point where it's like, do this activity. Um, get some red borders once a week. Don't do the activity until the next Tuesday. Get your first red border and then go craft your god roll, right? And then go to Shirochi and then just sit there for two hours, get it leveled up, and then get your god roll. You know what I mean? So it's 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 interesting for sure. So a couple more things that Bungie talked about this week. We have a new exotic quest called Node Override Avalon. And you can visit the Gulch in the European Dead Zone in order to find clues to uncover the secrets and uh, find the new mission. Uh, 
a quick tip for you follow the fancy white cube hanging around in the avz uh, upon completion of this quest with your fire team you'll be awarded a cool new exotic glaive called vex caliber and um that was a pretty fun mission um i personally really enjoyed the challenge and the difficulty of it and i think that the overall um map design was really cool that for that mission so do check that out do you all get a chance to do your vex caliber quest mission no I, not me did you i joined at the end of it <laughs> oh no, it right at the end that's right okay so did i didn't get a chance to see yeah to see oh, okay. Okay. the rest of the mission so I'll eventually i'll have to go back in there and do it fully well at some point let's uh let's do the mission maybe on your alt character i think uh would be a fun fun little mission to play through again and i think to get the catalyst you have to play through it multiple times anyways so definitely worthwhile it has some really cool perks that allow for you to build a replenishable void overshield um, and you can also craft and enhance the weapon as well so make sure to check that out available in destiny 2 right now um also coming back this week is trials of osiris and shadow price probably is really excited about this one um but trials is coming back uh, a week early uh, fire team matchmaking is enabled in trials so that also means that freelance node will not be available as a psa for all you freelance crucible players out there um there is a new um legendary submachine gun that's going to be available in trials called the immortal which has a 750 rpm uh strand ability really cool um and they are introducing astral horizon which is a kinetic aggressive shotgun and that is going to be uh coming back as well with some new perks uh including shot swap and elemental capacitor um and also as a psa for trials of osiris uh reward systems have been slightly changed to work in the same way as the other vendors so instead of carrying your earned engrams with you they will stay at saint 14 for you to decode your engrams when you get to the tower so make sure that you um are aware of that and maddie i'm curious are you a trials player do you play trials of osiris yeah 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 i was a little uh trials gremlin oh okay cool cool very cool and um have you gone flawless uh last season uh yeah i did let me see i think we have a total of um let me look it up it's like i i went flawless twice a weekend 
no, we did carries. We did carries every weekend. So I think total flawlesses was like 438, like lifetime. Um, and I think last season we didn't play too much. So it was only like 29. I think we peaked as far as like trials. Flawlesses was like back in season 15, like 105. The good old days. <laughs> that is insane wow oh man we could have had so many more conversations uh <laughs> yeah yeah well wow. i mean there was there was a whole season that i think i just resetted too it would have been higher <laughs> so just to get your perspective what are your thoughts on the current state of trials and what do you think it needs to make it better for you? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to, to destiny and, and kind of the state of PVP. Um, I think, I think the state of trials is of course, is going to be bad. Uh, the flawless pool is still intact, which means less of a population. Uh, we still have some connectivity problems. We have the high ability, um, Issues, abilities, and overshields, you know, SMGs and pulse rifles seem to completely dominate the entire uh, crucible. So I think Trials is in trouble <laughs> until it's the SMG or the shotgun. Um, I think population is still going to be low. And when you see the SMG and the shotgun, I think we're going to start seeing an increase of um, not only recovs, but I think cheaters as well. Mm. You know, because. Although people think that recovs are are dead, you know, I mean, they're a lot less obvious and a lot less common than they might have been back in the day. But like, dude, they are very much alive still. Um, and there are still quite a few cheaters out there that are that are. This is the problem. They carry two people and they carry them like 15 times or something like that. And then that account will get banned. But the two people that got carried like 15 times just wait for their friend to get a new account and <laughs> do it again. So. Um, I still think PvP is in a lot of trouble. I, I wouldn't even think about going into PvP <laughs> if I was if I was anybody. I would stick with with raids and and GMs. That's really interesting. And is there a fix for PvP? Is there a way to fix the the fix for PvP, PvP would would I mean to be so blunt about it? There would have to be somebody in the department of the sandbox team to know exactly what they're doing and exactly what, what the vision should be. Um, and there should be people in place that kind of see a healthy PVP world or see what we once had and to want to implement that immediately. Because I think what's happening is I think they're, they're panicking about new players coming in with the new season and the fun factor and obviously the easiest way to bring in new players is to be like, hey, you know, we have SMGs, we have these crazy strong abilities, you know, go out there and just start spraying and praying and just start pressing buttons, you know, start doing that Mortal Kombat, you know, arcade, just button masher. And, and you're going you're gonna to free someone or you're going to bring someone off the ground and lift them up and that's going to be an easy kill. And I think they want the game to be easier for everybody than... Um, than than kind of rewarding people that have been playing a long time. I always bring up the the same the same example of if I went into Rainbow Six right now, right? Because Rainbow Six has been around for a while, and there's a, there's a pro scene, and there's people that probably have like sixteen thousand hours playing that game. 
And if I if I got into their lobby, they're going to smoke me like 10 ways to Sunday, right? There shouldn't be a way or there shouldn't be something that Rainbow Six developers implement that would make it easier for me to be on the same level as somebody who might have 16,000 hours, right? Yeah. Because then that would be great. Like imagine like a, imagine like a certain character that you can choose that like can see through walls and then I can wall bang. So basically like I can just like see them through wall and just shoot them once and they die. That guy who's probably in a great spot, who has a great angle, who knows all the angles and all the, the positioning, he's, gonna, he's, he's now going to get, you know, completely outed. It was, it was kind of the same thing that happened with Stasis. You know, it's, you're bringing in people that are new, they're throwing down a, a nade, which freezes everybody, they're shatter diving, and you're getting an entire team wipe to someone who might have 100 hours in the game to maybe, you know, let's say it's like Frostbolt, Pure, and <laughs> ZK Mushroom, right? Three absolute monsters in the PvP world. Um, and, it, and it's just kind of evening a, playing, a playground. Uh, it's kind of, you know, to put it simply, removing a skill gap. So until they do that, until they can bring that back and actually go, hey, like, this is it. Movement's back. Hand cannons are back. Pulse rifles are nerfed, right? Take away the high, the no, low-risk, high-reward weapons and start bringing back the high-risk, high-reward weapons. Um, and I think we're going to start seeing something healthier again. I guess I could have just said that to make it a little simpler. <laughs> and when do you think Bungie would realistically be able to make these changes come to light? It's never going to happen. It's never going to Well, think about it, right? Like, their main concern, I think, when it comes to Destiny, if they had all their focus on Destiny, it's going to be on the PvE side. It's going to be on the raids. The raids are probably the most important thing for them to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Um, it's dungeons. Um, it's probably abilities, right? And then eventually it's weapons sometimes, right? And then it's PvP stuff, right? So, like, I've always said that, that Bungie does these fake nerfs. Fake nerfs and fake buffs. They will nerf and buff things if they want to, but if there's a public outcry, they'll, they'll quote-unquote nerf something or buff something, um, but it won't really be nerfed or buffed. So, for example, like, in-air accuracy got nerfed one time, and they nerfed it so hard, they didn't, they didn't actually know how to, like, revert that nerf. <laughs> I think they said, like, yeah, we actually don't know how to... How to we messed up somewhere. We, you can't build into it. It's Give us some time to fix this. I think they nerfed linears like four times, like Arbalist and Lorenz, and they were they're still like just as strong, right? They've nerfed Last Word a few times. It's still just as strong. They've nerfed Fusions quite a few times. It's just as, it's just as strong. It's not really until they think they they really need to nerf it will it get nerfed, uh, or they need to buff something where it gets buffed. You know, they nerfed Stasis, the Shatter Dive, and then they rebuffed it, and then they re-nerfed it, and they rebuffed it. <laughs> you know, so. I always said there's two there's two twin brothers working at Bungie and one's making the changes we need and the other one's reverting it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't um I don't think this late into the game are we gonna get a full overhaul and a full change that's going to bring back a positive, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's all really interesting points there. And now Shadow Price, I know you're a pretty big fan of trials. Do you have any thoughts on where you think the trial experience should go? And has it met your expectations thus far? I would say that it's average right now. I would say 
I think Maddie hit it on the head with the way it is, you know, the all the ability spams, the the submachine gun meta, you know, it's just easy to kind of get kills like that. You're gonna have your cheaters because just anytime you involve high-end rewards in a game, that's just what happens, unfortunately. Um, hopefully it's not as prevalent. Hopefully it's cut down some more. I'm gonna play because uh I don't know. I'm just <laughs> a masochist or something. And I just like enjoy it. Like pain. But, <laughs> um, well, plus I want to get the exile gear because I didn't get a chance to get it when I came back through because I just wasn't that good or didn't have the time to play, whatever. But I mean, I just enjoy playing. I, I enjoy no, playing. Me. I enjoy Nothing the level that. of That's competition. Okay. That's all, you know, I'm just looking forward to playing it because I do enjoy the PvP, even though sometimes it can be broken, like absolutely, the you know, it can be broken. The meta just like shifts to different things that people will all use to gain an advantage. And that's just the way it is. And that's how it's <laughs> pretty much always going to be. But I'm OK with it. You've accepted yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to wait much longer to play Iron Banner or Trials. Um, Trials will be coming back this week on Friday. So do make sure to check that out to get the new <clears throat> submachine gun and the Astral Horizon shotgun with the new perks. Iron Banner updates. Iron Banner will be coming back um, on Tuesday, with increased Iron Banner reputation gains for winning matches starting with the final week of Season 19. So this actually has been around for a little bit now. And uh, you will get significantly increased multipliers for wearing your armor and your emblem from Iron Banner. So PSA, make sure to keep that equipped for your character's as you play through Iron Banner. Um, <clears throat> also, um, you will have a chance to get some returning favorite Iron Banner weapons, including the Pulse Rifle, the uh, Jerem's Claw, and the Bite of the Fox Sniper Rifle. So make sure to play some Iron Banner and get some drops from that. Um, there are a few updates from the Destiny 2 player support team. Um, PSA, if you completed contest mode, you can acquire the Root of Nightmares raid emblem. Um, there are some PSA and notes that Bungie wants to make players aware of. You must have successfully completed all encounters of the raid during contest mode and claimed the um, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Um, Horticulturist Triumph to earn a good night's sleep emblem that is exclusive to the contest mode participants. Um, even if players defeat Nezarak, part of the challenge was also to complete the encounter and the wipe mechanic. So if you died at any point before the final completion, you will not get the emblem. They're also making note of other factors, including 
uh, poor conditions um, with your internet uh, joining the raids that are in progress um, and um, such things will make you ineligible to get the emblem. There were um, some other updates uh, for Twitch drops. If you completed your uh, reward claim for Twitch Prime rewards, you should be able to get your rewards in the collections tab under flare and emblems in general. Uh, there's a time zone update. Uh, Destiny 2 daily and weekly reset has been updated in the USA to 10 a.m. Pacific time and 1 p.m. Eastern time. So do make sure that you are aware of the updated times for that. Um, there are also a slew of problems that Bungie is investigating. Um, you can read more about it by visiting Bungie.net. There is a whole list of things that they are working on fixing with the game. And that's pretty much the update, Guardians. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on this week's Bungie weekly update? Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off? What what did you think of this week's Bungie Weekly update? Are we giving spicy tuna rolls right here? Is this the spicy tuna roll? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Oh, okay. Uh, let's say a three. Nothing too extravagant for me. PSAs more than anything. Um, I still got to check out the video that they posted on there. So that that's kind of cool. But I I would say that it's just an average update. You know, nothing too spicy. Three out of five spicy tuna rolls. Yeah. And by the way, Maddie, just so you know, we have a tradition here on the show. Mm-hmm. We rate the Bungie Weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. One being <laughs> stay away. You're going to get sick. Five being bomb spicy tuna. Between That's... one and five, what would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update and why? Um, you know, I didn't really uh, read the weekly update. I think all I saw about it was that they're not adding, they're not taking away the flaws pool and that they're not adding skill based matchmaking and that, um, they're, they have a new matchmaking system where it's fire team based matchmaking, which I thought was really, really interesting. But it just felt like a solo queue with more steps. Because if you go in solo, you're going to match other solo players. You might as well keep freelance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a solid 2.5. 2.5. Oh, rough crowd tonight. 2.5. So. Mm. I think I'm going to be a little bit more generous than that, but not too generous. Um, I'm probably going to say three out of five spicy tuna rolls because there weren't really any meaningful updates that Bungie talked about. Um, I think that it was nice to see the um, behind-the-scenes art video that they showed us. Um, But other than that, there really wasn't anything there. And um, it was just a lukewarm update. There weren't too many things that Bungie talked about. 
It's nice that Trials is coming back. It's nice that Iron Banner is coming back. Um, but I kind of wish we got a little bit more information about what's coming next. And hopefully next week we get some more updates. And Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on The Destiny Show. Before we let you all go, uh, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Maddie, do you want to kick things off? Uh, I stream at uh, twitch.tv slash averagemaddie. I'm Average Maddie on YouTube. Um, I stream five days a week. I post daily uh, YouTube content. Um, I think you guys would love it. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also on the Destiny Show podcast. Thank you so much. Very cool. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, and every major platform where you listen to podcasts. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us right here every Thursday night, or Friday night, I should say, at 8 p.m. Eastern um, for Pacific Time. And you can also find us in the Destiny 2 community on Discord at discord.gg slash Destiny 2 community. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Guardians, for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. We're going to go to get our farming done so we can get our artifice armor, and we hope you have an awesome evening, and we will see you star side. Good night, everyone.